Howdy folks. Happy Tuesday. It is snowy and icy in Buffalo and uh, just rainy here. Yeah, it was, I, I, I posted on Facebook. I said, you know, you know, warning to everybody because I was out this morning like I normally am to go get coffee or something. And, you know, I saw a couple cars slide off the road. and I just said, you know, be careful out there. And some wise ass said, what? It sounds like a car problem. Like, well, you, you, you didn't say be careful out there. You said a warning cars are sliding off the road or something like that. And I said, it sounds like a car problem. <laughs> and I said, no, it's ice. <laughs> That's the problem. All right. Now we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. So uh, today is Wayne Gretzky's 60th birthday. Uh, listen, say whatever you want. <laughs> I did, that, like me, I did that on purpose. I know. For someone like me who's 57, I could still say I look up to Wayne Gretzky, and even as a hardened media guy, uh, still chat with him, but definitely more with wonderment than with um, just like a hardened media chat. Like the, the one time I interviewed him was at the uh, Heritage Classic. Yes. And and that was great. And, and I – I went. I waited for Al Strachan to get through with like six, seven questions before I even asked Gretzky my question. But I, I did. I look, I look up to Wayne Gretzky because he's three inches taller than me. Well, whatever you want to say, I again, <laughs> one of the great players, athletes of all time in any sport, sure. uh, definitely has records that won't be broken. The ninety-two goal season will not be broken okay. ever. Uh, you know, you just. He's carried himself well over the years, an ambassador for the sport. Mm -hmm. I, I really, you know, I went to an event about uh, two, three years ago in Toronto. It was an upper deck event and got a picture of him with the cup and managed to at least in, you know, the moment that you have with him say, hey, uh, you know, I wrote a book, 100 Range of Greats. He goes, oh, you were the guy. And he, he knew who I was because uh, I had given the uh, book to Mike Barnett, his agent, his agent. And, you know, and you know who Mike Barnett is. And... And he liked it. And so Gretzky, you know, read it and liked it. And, and that was nice. So, you know, it's, I think there'll always be, people will always look up to Gretzky. I think even young players still do. And the same they did with Gordie Howe, but it's rare. Like if you, if you tell a young player, like, I don't know, I know Milt Schmidt's not with us anymore, but three years ago, Hey, you can go meet Milt Schmidt. They'd probably be like, eh, no, thanks. But if you say, Hey, um, I could take in this room and you can meet Wayne Gretzky. They're all going to line up. Right. Yeah, no. And don't get me wrong. I don't think they were being disingenuous, but a couple of days ago when George Armstrong passed away, who was the captain of the 67 Maple Leafs team and Austin Matthews and Sheldon Keefe and a few other players said some nice things, but I don't know whether George was really around the club the last couple of years. So it's like, right. did they really know what George Armstrong represented? Now I'm sure you know, the PR staff, and I'm sure a couple of the players who maybe have studied about the Leafs know that George Armstrong won four Stanley Cups in the 60s, and he's the captain of the last of the last Stanley Cup winning team. So they, I think they were very respectful. But again, do they, did they really know who George Armstrong was? I think players today still know Gretzky. Well, and he still has a little bit of a legacy, even as a coach, because uh, he got interviewed when Blake Wheeler was – was drafted as an example of Blake Wheeler still playing and he was with Phoenix at the time. And so he talked about that and that's, yeah, he, was really, he was, he was real convincing getting Blake to sign with the coyotes. It's <laughs> <laughs> not his fault, Mike. No, since he, since he ended up going free agent and <laughs> signing with the Bruins. He did. But um, I just, that, that moment stands out to me because that was probably the first time I had stood in front of Gretzky uh, in the NHL. And, and then also, because Wheeler out of high school, like that was an oddity to Minnesota. get drafted that high. I think he was I think he was the highest high school player drafted since either Housley or Barrasso. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Housley was drafted sixth in eighty one and Barrasso was drafted fifth in eighty two. So I, you know, I don't know. I can't remember anybody who was a top five pick from then until Wheeler that was dra well, drafted right out of high school. I may yeah. be wrong, but I can't remember. Um, okay, couple couple things here. Um, let's do let's do the other thing as a post show, so we'll have the answers. The well, the thing is not being announced until six o'clock. 
I'll have the show now. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about it then. All right. Okay. A um, couple things. Congratulations to John Forslund, who yes. who um, was uh, hired as the play-by-play -play TV voice of the Seattle Kraken. Um, he was unceremoniously released by the Carolina Hurricanes after last season. Um, and, you know, he'd done a lot of stuff on NBCSN, which is going by the going the way of the dodo bird at the end of this year. And the reason I bring up Forsland is he landed on his feet, and I'm very happy for him because he's a great play-by-play -play guy. But the landscape of media, and this affects us too, but the landscape mm -hmm. of media right now really blows. And, I mean, you saw yesterday Masson, uh, MASN, which is the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, which is – By the way, never impressed me as a network. Never, no. ever, ever. And they were sort of haphazardly put together. When well, they're owned by the Orioles, so that, right. that, that's and an excuse. Yeah. You know, because Peter Angelos, I'm sure, he's, you know, he, he probably still has the first dollar he ever, he ever earned. Um, but the Orioles just ceremoniously just – dumped Masson. They just yeah. dumped or dumped all the employees of Masson. Yeah. So essentially post game and pre game for the Baltimore Orioles and the in Washington Nationals don't exist anymore. They fired almost everybody, including Gary Thorne, who hockey play, hockey fans will know uh, as the, uh, uh, the voice of the NHL for when they were on USA network back in the day. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's it, the, the landscape out there is horrible, and it's it's not not just that. It's there are other networks too. You said SNY had yeah. uh, had cut a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, I think there's going to be, and we know why these things are happening because like NBCSN is is going is gone at the end of this year. A lot of the a lot of the properties are going to go to USA Network, but a lot of them are going to Peacock. And that's the thing. They're going to avenues where they can make more money and they're not providing the fans with the things that they want like hosts who know what they're talking about and can provide some a take. Yeah. That's what I like watching on Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet and TSN, and mm -hmm. we're not getting that anymore. Right. Yeah, so I mean, did I freeze up? I was just texting did you. I, huh, you oh, were, did I freeze up? You're glitching a little bit, too. I though. didn't freeze up. You didn't freeze up, but you're... All right. But could, uh, you're glitching a little you bit here. You're... Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, I know. I'm trying to shut some things here. Yeah, I mean, as far as the mass and things go, thing goes, uh, I've watched it. I never liked it. I have great respect for Jim Palmer. I like Gary Thorne. It's it sucks that Gary Thorne doesn't currently have a job. He's so good, but uh, it is what it is. Um, Baseball Hall of Fame. So, you know, yeah. Here's an issue that I have with MLB Network. Uh, they just put up like the first timers and you know, the two first timers that stood out to me uh, might be like Burley and Zito because they were really good pitchers. They just, they were never going to win 250 games even, but they're not going to get in first ballot. So let's just push them aside. And um, honestly, I don't think they should get in period, but I know you and I disagree about Burley. I, yeah, yeah, I think Burley's close, but it could be years from now, 10 years from now. Right. But the idea is then they show the other ballot and has a lot of the steroid guys and, and Kurt Schilling, who's just an idiot. And we'll see how they do and if they get in. But, like, I put three names up on on Twitter and, and Facebook and actually got a lot of positive feedback, mostly positive. Yeah. And they didn't even show up on MLB's list. And this is what really bothers me. And I don't know if this is because of the writers or this is because they just don't have the information or just because they don't want to talk about these guys. But Fred McGriff so close to 500 homers was a great player. I mean, I was on, you know, serious today and they asked me about baseball and I said, well, look, Toronto people know Fred McGriff, but he's better with Atlanta, but he was always an all-star, always a great player. There was yep. nothing. He played first base most of his career. Mm -hmm. Like he, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So there's that Tommy John, Jim Cott, they're almost the same pitcher, 280 wins for both. They both have a lot of great pluses in their career. And Tommy John is not just a footnote to a guy who had this great surgery, but 
it did extend his career to the point where he won a couple tw- games, 20 game seasons after. Yeah. And that's and, a big deal. And remember when he, he was the first who had the surgery and it wasn't perfected like it is now. And right. some people get Tommy John surgery to actually improve their fastball, which I think is bizarre. Yeah. But back then it was experimental surgery and they didn't think he was ever going to pitch again. And then he came right. and comes back, and I think he won 20 games three times after he had the surgery. Yeah, like you said, the age of 34 or something. And that's yeah. crazy. And so you look at that that situation, and it's like, you know, I I don't know why these guys don't have their pictures up on MLB Network. I don't well, know yeah. why the writers thing, aren't talking about these guys. The only thing I can think of – and I hope my audio is still working, even though my the audio is perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know whether Tommy John and Cot got the requisite ten percent to stay on the ballot. Crazy. If they, yeah. if they haven't, then they're strictly going to be veterans committee when that comes up. Now, well, to me, that's the craziness of this whole process. Like, I vote in hockey, so I have an idea of how these votes work, and. I wish I had a baseball vote because I just don't get how you can't get support for these kinds of players. And forget about, we know the others, the Dick Allens, the Gil Hodges. I feel like they're lost causes almost now. And right. they should be. And my, you know, my cause celeb after Harold Bain, and don't get me wrong, I thought Harold, I loved Harold Baines as a player in the 80s and 90s. He got to be a bit of a compiler. And at the end of his career, you know, did he deserve to get in? I, I mean, I thought he it was, was close. It was close, but I thought it was borderline. If you're going to let in Harold Baines, the guys I want let in were Keith Hernandez and Don Mattingly because I think they were the two best first basemen of the of the well with with Hernandez was of the late seventies up to probably 1988. Um, so, you know, he was a multiple Gold Glove, two time World World Series champion. Mattingly, the you know, Mattingly falls under the Kirby Puckett rule, which is his career was was hampered by injury. He was probably the best hitter in the American League for a span of six, seven, yeah, six years, I would say. And but then his back uh, and got that does come up a little short. And, and yeah. it's the same with Hernandez, I feel like they they do come up a little short. I love both players, believe yeah. me. But, but 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 my my thing is, and I don't think we're in any danger here of McGuire, of Sosa, of Palmero ever making it. Shilling's um, close though, right? Well, Shilling is close. Shilling is close, but he's not a steroid cheat. He's just an asshole. So you know, I I have no problem keeping him out because he's a jerk. And but but I will be, and I don't think it's going to happen. But I'll and I'll be shocked if it does. But if they let in Bonds and they let in Clemens. I will. I don't think I'll ever visit the Baseball Hall of Fame again. I, I do fair, not. It's a fair statement. Yeah. I, I always hear there is that thing. Would Bonds have made the Hall of Fame if he didn't do it? Yeah, he might have, but he didn't stay on that road. So once he went but off he that road, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but he did it. So right. that 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 disqualifies him. And and of course, and I'll bring this up. A Rod. I don't care what his numbers are. He never gets in. No, I wouldn't put A Rod in. Uh, yeah, and and and, uh, and this will be the unpopular one, and we've talked about. For some reason, he has Teflon when it comes to steroids, even though he was on a list. David Ortiz should never make it, but he well, probably. Well, Ramirez has thirty-four percent or something, which is crazy to me, considering yeah. he was a definite guy on the list, and but yet he is not as well liked as Ortiz, and that may play in his favor. Uh, and I, you know, with Funky, as far as the 84 Tigers, I would put Whitaker in. Yeah. I would. I think second baseman, Whitaker's better than Bill Mazeroski. He just didn't hit that great home run. I actually think Whitaker was more deserving than than Trammell was. I mean, Trammell, I think, was – Well, they came up the exact same time, right? The, I think the same yeah, year. Yeah, 77, 78. But the thing yeah. is, like, tra- like, Whitaker arguably was the best second baseman in the American League at that time. Yeah. I mean, it was it was Whitaker, it was Sandberg, it was like Bill Dorn and a few other guys. They, they you know, there they, they were not a ton of great second basemen. Tommy Her for a little while. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had hundred RBI seasons, but it didn't, it didn't really. really I mean, Sandberg was the the best second baseman, Gold Glover for yeah. uh, for a decade. 
and and uh, you know, but uh, and there's not a ton of second baseman in the Hall of Fame. It's like goalies in the in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's uh, you know Tony Lazeri, and I mean, there's maybe what maybe a, maybe a dozen second baseman. There's a dozen. I mean, Lajoie and Eddie Collins yeah. and the and the old and the old Hall of Fame. Joe Morgan, Frankie Frisch, and Joe Frankie Morgan. Frisch. Yeah, but there's not there's not a ridiculous ton of second basemen, so I think Whitaker yeah. may may get in there eventually. I mean, Dave Cash was good. He just he didn't do enough of everything. But Dave Cash was a solid player. Ron Hunt loved getting hit by the pitch. Yeah. That was a great fielder, but he certainly wasn't a whole. But Ma but Mazar, you know, Jeff Kent may make it. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna say Ron Hunt. You might as well say Glenn Becker. He was probably better than Ron Hunt from the Cubs teams. Yeah, but uh, but honestly, it's like I, Jeff I, Kent is good enough to make it, but because he was such a jerk, jerk. he's not going to make he's, it. He's the, he, he's the Jim Rice of uh, you know. He really is because he's got all the numbers. Yeah. So right, uh, yeah, Cameron has a question here. I'll bring it up before we start here. Okay. Uh, since we were in baseball talking, your opinions, Mike and Russ, who is the one player that isn't in the Hall of Fame but should be? I'm going to say Gil Hodges is that player. He. He was if Gil Hodges played today, it's unbelievable how he would be revered. He was a hundred RBI guy many times. He was a great fielder. He also won a World Series with the Mets as a manager. He was an all-star player for many years, a big run producer, and also, like I said, had that ability to manage too. So I think if you look at both, mm -hmm. I think he's well deserving. Um, since I would gravitate toward the team that I root for of that of that team and maybe this is hypocritical for saying this but I'll say it anyway because at least he admitted it and that's Andy Pettit Andy Pettit took steroids he admitted it he he fessed up okay and so you know if that's if, if it's disqualifying for them then it's disqual I mean meaning right. Barnes and Clemens then it's disqualifying for but them. if there's anybody you would give clemency to it would be him right because he came out and said I did it I was wrong you know please forgive me but you know of of the the core four that haven't made it you know either Andy Pettit or Bernie Williams I don't know if Posada has enough numbers to to I make. don't think he does yeah and, and defensively he was not great Right, he's an average defensive catcher, but above average offensively. But yes. he, he was good for about a decade. Hit her big homers in postseason for sure. But maybe, but maybe Bernie. Yeah, you know, I said Hernandez and Manning, but maybe maybe Bernie Williams. But I mean, okay. over time, you might be able to make a case for Williams. You know, if he probably had more power, you could do it. I know he's got that crazy record where he's either got the most hits or RBIs like in postseason history. But you know, the postseason got extended during his era, so that that right. helped. Yeah, he's got more postseason home runs than Babe Ruth. That's Babe it. Ruth, That's Babe it. Ruth. If he won the American League, there was no ALCS. He went white to the World Series. Right. And he did it. He did it almost almost every year from 1920 to like 1934. So, yeah. Imagine how many home runs he would have had if there was an ALCS in 1920. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Hello, hockey world. Today is Tuesday, January 26, 2021. I'm Russ Cohen, and I got to call out Michael Cohen. He's like, Keith Hernandez helped me move. It's like, first, you're not even Michael Cohen, and now you're going to lie about that. Come yeah. on, man. I, I'm I'm this close to banning you. Uh, and I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. All right, let's start with this. Uh, one game last night, just mentioned the, the game, uh, the Canucks bounce back after, you know, three rather putrid games against the Habs. With they needed to. Yeah, with a 7-1 victory over the Ottawa Senators who, you know, again, this is a young team. They're they're in the midst of rebuilding. They're playing Stutzla who's 18 years old. You know, Brady Brady Kachuk is one of their best players. You know, they're they're going to find themselves, but they're they're going to lose a bunch of games. And I think the Canucks needed this tonic of having a team that was worse than they are to play against because Brandon Sutter uh, had the hat trick yesterday in the game. First of his career. First of his career in thirteen in the thirteen year career, and he is the sixth member of the Sutter family to score a hat trick. I got a quick quick funny story about Brandon. So at the uh, draft day two, I was doing uh, a show on the uh, concourse, and and I ran up and I asked Brandon if he could interview, and he went up to his dad, and of course his dad was. Um, Coach of Calgary, I think at the time, right? Yes. And and he goes, Dad, can I interview with this guy? 
And he goes, yeah, go ahead. Nice. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It's like, you know, you don't expect that. But um, he's a good guy. I mean, look, he's a decent NHLer. Like all the Sutters, just having the Sutter name, like Riley is the only one that hasn't broken in yet. All the, the you know, all the Sutters end up making it to the NHL. And, and he's had a decent career. It is amazing to me that it took this long to get a hat trick, though. Well, of the original six brothers, the only one that didn't score a hat trick was Ron. It was right. Ryan Brent, Daryl Dwayne, and Rich. Ron yeah, and it was Daryl that I was talking about, but the, all the names are running through my head. I just right, right, right. Um, but uh, but but Ron was the only one, and then Ron was the twin. Rich and Ron were the yes. twin. Uh, Ron didn't score, and and then now uh, now uh, Brandon is the first of the next generation that has scored a hat. Right now, Rich and Ron were the twins that were on the Flyers, right? right. That's correct. Yeah, they annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne, and Dwayne and Brent were on the on the Islanders. Daryl with most. Of they annoyed me, but not as much. Right, Daryl. Daryl, honestly, people say Brian was the best. I think Daryl was the best, but I think he had injury problems because Daryl played with the Blackhawks. He was, I think, the best scorer. But but Brian right. was and Brian benefited from. He was on that big line with the Blues with Bernie Federico and and Wayne Babich, and they scored a ton of goals in the late. Yeah, season. Babich was a good player too. Yeah, he, he could score. So, but congratulations to Brandon Sutter and congratulations to the Canucks for getting. Well, the Canucks are, we are weird though because they either get blown out or blowing or blow out a team there's no middle right now no with them and that's that's kind of odd the other thing is with um with ottawa i was asked on sirius about matt martin and i'm like i think he's actually doing okay he's matt never going to have hmm? matt, matt murray sorry <laughs> matt martin matt murray i don't think he's ever going to have like a 9 10 save percentage he can't. Not with that team. Not he can't. That. he's got like an 867 but like two games ago he had like a 925 like yeah. i i don't think he's going to ever be the reason, and he's got no defense there. Right. I think just him surviving this year will be big for him. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think – He's faced a lot of shots. He was brought there to provide stability. Yeah. And if he has – you know, if he has an over 900 save percentage in plays, I would say – I don't even know if he's going to get over 900. He might get to 900 maybe. Right. I mean, if he plays – he's probably going to end up playing 35 to 40 games because – you know their backups right now is Hogberg. I think I I can't see them using using a, using him a ton of times. So yeah, he, in five games, he's had 152 shots. That's over 30 shots a game. Koskinen in seven has had 237 shots. Yeah, that, your defense Ooh. is really working there, uh, Edmonton. My goodness, and Gibson has had 160, and he stopped 150. That's amazing. So. X should never ever say a bad word about John Gibson again because that's that's a great start for him. Now sticking with goaltending and sticking in the North Division, uh, the Maple Leafs got some bad news this afternoon because um, Jack Campbell, late in the third period of the win over Calgary, seemed to tweak his left leg. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if it was a knee or a groin. He he battled through it. <laughs> Even to the point of, uh, you know, allowing Matthew Kachuk to pile drive him into the ice at, at late in the game, um, and said he was okay. But uh, after medical evaluation, Sheldon Keith this morning said he would be out for weeks, not days. Um, and you know, I mean, you were making fun of Aaron Dell, but I think right now the Leafs wish they had Aaron Dell because now their backup is good old Michael Hutchinson. It's um, interesting with the Leafs though, like they. There's something with them. You know, the Flyers always getting talked about for being snake bitten at goal until Carter Hart, right? Yeah. This is how many years now where the Leafs make a move and then all of a sudden something happens with their goalies, right? Like two get claimed off of waivers and then all of a sudden, you know, now they lose Dell and then they have an injury. Like if they'd have had an injury a week ago, they wouldn't have lost Dell or two weeks ago, you know? It's just right. this is weird happenstance that's, that's going on with them. Yeah, and somebody I saw somebody make a comment uh, on my, my my social media. They, they you know they got a trade for a goal. Oh, good luck. No, no they're not nobody's, trade, nobody's trading for. Okay, for you know Hutchinson's an NHL goal. He's not a particularly yeah. good one, but he's an NHL goaltender. He's not gonna play a lot. <laughs> yeah, they, they they know they know him right. Well, and that and that was the that was the thing that uh, that was the thing that uh, that Sheldon Keith pointed out. Um, 
they're scheduled between now and I think the middle of February, no back to backs. And um, it's favorable in terms of, you know, time in between games, which means the thing that they really didn't want to do, they're going to have to do, which is yep. play, they're gonna be like ready, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. Play Freddie Anderson a lot. Now the thing is camp, you know, Campbell played well in two games. So when he, once he's healthy, he's going to resume yeah, yeah. regular work, but this is the last this thing that they really want. Yeah, this is the last thing that they wanted to do was to pile games on Freddie Anderson, but they're going to have to. And then sticking with the Leafs because Zach uh, Zach brought it up in the in the. We should stick with the Leafs. We should just go another twenty with the Leafs. Yeah, they go like so. Like somebody said, Leaf Buzz. Um, <laughs> any any reason why they didn't claim Tyler Ennis? Elliot oh, Freeman. here we go. Why is everybody so worried about this? Well, no, it was just notable that, and the thing was, is like, I was like a thing on Twitter too. I wasn't the only one to mention it. It was like, you know, Jeff Jeff Merrick mentioned oh, it, it. In Central and a few. Well, it was because because he was liked by the Leafs. He's had two good seasons in a row. He's only making a million bucks. And why didn't they sign him? No, he said. Well, he was traded. He was traded to Edmonton, which is right. his town, and Edmonton re-signed him. Right, but why didn't they re-sign him? Is my point. Who they couldn't re-sign him. Re him. Ennis. Who? Ottawa, wait, Ottawa or, the, or Toronto? Toronto. Toronto could have re-signed him. Yeah, after after two years ago, yeah. Well, they yeah. they were, I mean. Why Ottawa, didn't they if they liked him so Ottawa much? Ottawa offered him more money. You know, yeah. and, and Ottawa offered him more money and a bigger role. The, the Leafs, he was going to be a fourth-line guy. In Ottawa, during a rebuild, he, was, he played second, third-line minutes and scored six. I think he scored like 16 goals. So it it paid off for him, and then he gets traded to Edmonton. And he re-signed with them, but in four games he hadn't scored a point. He was minus four, so they put him on waivers. And I the Leafs like him when he's cheap. Otherwise, they don't like him that much. That's what it proves. I mean, to me, see, okay, to me, a million is cheap, but they're saying that three hundred thousand dollars difference between the veteran minimum seven hundred and a million is probably the reason why they didn't uh, sign him. But I also think the Leafs might be looking for somebody who can play higher in their lineup. They they think that they have a scrap heap. They're looking for someone. No, no, I think they're looking to make a trade. Okay, uh, but no, I, I like they think they have enough depth guys. And then today, like Joey, <clears throat> or, 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 or sorry, uh, um, uh, Joey Anderson is oh, yeah. for his first start with the, with the Leafs. So is yeah, Travis. you'll like him. I mean, I I like Anderson. I yeah, think he'll, he'll add a little grease there too. And that's and that's the thing. I think they they think they have enough guys who can be depth forwards third fourth liners yeah one guy they don't have i guess he's on his way to finland well he wasn't with them anymore anyway because because he'd oh, that's right him. he got traded that's right no no he, he was a they didn't qualify him so they he didn't qualify him oh is that what it was i forgot yeah, so, so yeah. What, what, what russ is talking about and you know i got a couple you know i thought he was a better playmaker than william nylander i still think jeremy no, not the nylander but but some of the other guys yes yeah i still think jeremy Brocka was an nhler but right now I mean, like his he he was not qualified by the Leafs. He, re he signed a two-way deal with Carolina. That's right. It was Carolina. Yeah, that's right. I now remember. The AHL situation is a, is definitely affecting them because oh yeah, you know because they Charlotte is no longer there. I don't even know where Carolina. I think I think they combined with somebody else for a for an AHL team this year because they they didn't go to Charlotte. I think they they're sharing with somebody and maybe maybe Brocco thought that he wasn't going to get enough ice time to thrive, so he's going to uh, there was Calpo in the uh Yeah, plus he'll get paid there. Right, he'll get paid. So I'll bet you anything he tries to come back, you know, next year and yeah. you know, but he's going to end up being on Seattle or something. They'll end up signing him as a free agent. Yeah, so I mean I I I think he could still be an NHLer, but I, I really, after finishing second in the American Hockey League and scoring, I really thought that uh, Brocco was going to get an opportunity, and yep. he and he never really did. So uh, it's a it's a, it's a little sad, but um, yep. okay. So I mean, we'll take some questions in the chat, but I I wanted to uh, talk about well, it was a big injury. Can we talk about that first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So the Filipino injury, out four to six weeks. That. The Rangers are in trouble in the sense that I know, like, if Eck were here, he'd be like, well, I don't know if they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They have one win. They haven't gotten Alexis Lafreniere going yet, which I think will happen. But, again, you never know the time frame. I do think um, 
that Ke Andre Miller has straightened things out. That's good. Uh, but the the issue is right now, like the other day, they tried to hold on for a win. I think David Quinn's on shaky ground, Mike. I think I don't think John Davidson like if they have one win for another week or two. Mm, I don't know, man. JD is not gonna. I know we. It's funny, right? Jeff Gordon well, is the GM, but J John Davidson has a lot of power there. Well, and okay. Let, let's walk into the office and knocks on the door and says, "Let's talk about the coach." Well, let's let's throw something at the wall here. Say yeah. two weeks go by, and they win like one game in the next two. And I think they're playing the Sabers tonight, so that should be a victory. Um, but should be, should be. I'm just kidding. Um, but. Okay, they struggle the next couple weeks, and JD goes in the office and talks to Gorton and says, "We need to fire, and we need to change something." Who's out there? Jock Martin. That's who they would sign right away. As an interim. As an interim, you see how he does. You could do worse. You could do worse. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a little past it, but I don't know. I mean, Jacques Martin. Here's the funny thing about him: he's still very well liked around the league. Yeah. Players do seem to like playing for him. He's had good runs. Right. He's um, gone deep in the playoffs. He made it to the Stanley Cup, didn't he, with Ottawa? Uh, no. no. I don't think he was the coach in uh, – Okay, so, but he probably got to a conference final. Yeah, no, he. I think so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean I, – I, Nobody. I, everybody says Gerard Gallant, but the idea is this guy's on staff already. They're not going to bring in Gerard Gallant. They're just going to hand it to a guy that's on staff. Right, Otherwise, that, you don't do it. That was my that was my point. Is like, okay, would they go Gallant or Boudreaux or Babcock or is other than Gallant? I think Martin is in that same mold as the rest of them. I would put Gallant ahead of him, but Gallant's got a reputation. Martin's sixty eight. Like in these days. Is it a little old? Sure. Is it way past it? No. This is Jack McKeon. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, Boudreaux, Boudreaux would be popular in the uh, the media. I mean, he's got yeah, that, out about that. Ebullient, ebullient personality, but, uh, you know. Um, I, don't know. I don't know if he and Larry would mix well. I don't know. No? You don't think so? I don't think so. I just have this feeling that it would, uh, you know, I think – I think because Brujo is so loose, I think it would be a problem after a while for for Larry Brooks. I do. Now, just to, just to touch on the aftermath of the trade, because I've seen some stuff come out on both sides regarding Line A and regarding uh, um, uh, regarding Dubois. I mean, with with Line A, Yarmo Kekalainen was interviewed. I think it was on Toronto radio yes, uh, yesterday, and. Uh, he was talking about Dubois and said, well, I don't think the negotiations for the contract had anything to do with the reason why he wanted to leave. And, you know, okay, may maybe not, Yarmo, but what I, what I think is is that you're trying, to put a, you're trying to put lipstick on a pig here because we have to keep going back to the reputation that the Blue Jackets have over the years about players who are star players that they draft or they develop who – they can't hold on to, yeah. you know, they drafted Nash first overall in 02. He was, a, he was their star player for what? Eight, nine years. And yeah, then this they back, Martin did get to the Eastern conference finals in 2010. I actually covered that. That's why I had a feeling he made it. It was with Montreal that time. And so, okay. That was the, the Yaroslav Halak year. Yes. That was when Halak was hot. Right. And then they lost to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but you know, Yarmo is like I said, he's trying to put a, the best face on the situation. But all I all I do is look at this and I'm like, okay, you didn't want to either you didn't want or your ownership didn't couldn't afford to pay Dubois at the level of a first line center, which we right. we determined he was. Okay, he's not the best first line center, but he's in that you know, he's he is a first line center. He's their first line center. Now He's the second line center in Winnipeg. They got him for five million bucks for two years, and then it's going to well, be about five million. So yeah. we don't think he should have gotten Barzell money, but Barzell got what, like seven and a half? Uh, Barzell, yes, I'll, I'll check. And he got five. Right. Don't you agree that if he was going to really want to stay in Columbus, he would have wanted at least six, 
But I think he just took the five because he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, like he's deservative he six, don't you think? He took the he took the five to get out of town because right. that was, but, that was. Do you, do you agree that he should? You know, six would be fair for him on a on a two year deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he should have. He's different players than, uh, you know, than a Braden Point. Yeah. But he, you know, in terms of the bridge. Yeah. All right. Mark Elias says 5.8. Okay, fine. 5.86, whatever, man. Come on. Now we're talking about pennies on the dollar here. For- I'll, you know what? I'll take the difference. <laughs> change. Yeah. If, if, if it's, if you want to give me the $200,000, I'll take it. Yeah. Barzil was, <laughs> Barzil was seven. But, you know, and, and, and you know, Barzil. Okay. So Barzil was a three year deal at seven. Right. Point was a three year deal at 6.75. I think Dubois should have been a three-year deal at maybe six point five, but maybe because it was two years, he took he took less. Okay, yeah. but that contract was very attractive to trade for, yeah. and that's I think the main reason why. But as for why Kekalina would not say as for why the reason that he wanted to be traded was it torts? If, see, the thing is, if it was torts, if it was torts. Why wouldn't Kekalainen say it? I mean, is he throwing them under the bus? Torts can take it if, he, if there was a if there was a problem between Torts and Dubois. No, you know, I do think there's a fine line to what Yarmo tells us about Torts and what he keeps under his hat and just deals with. I do think there's a fine line with that. Right. Now, the other thing is, you know, a cor- a cor- you remember, um, Torts, I think, had Jay Feaster in Tampa, right? Yes. And that wasn't a rosy relationship. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, now the now fun, you know, humorously, Yarmo is saying Patrick Laine wants to build a long-term future in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I want to see it. Let me see it. And you know, okay, if he does, you better follow it up pretty quickly with new deals for Seth Jones. And Warinsky, because if you don't, and one of them leave, then in a couple years, Line A will want to go too, because that place, that team yeah. will be going nowhere. No, so, there. Um, you know, Michael Cohen says Russ has no accreditation at the Rock, and he put a question mark. No, I could get in at the Rock. I actually think I'm going to go and cover the AHL in another week and a half because Binghamton's going to play there, and and I would like to see Binghamton's going to play Hershey actually, and I'd like to see some of the Hershey guys. So I might go there for that. Oh, I think Michael Cohen is trying to say is Russ has no accreditation with the Rock, meaning oh, well, Green yeah. Rock Johnson. And you know, it's like okay, you know, okay, whatever. Um, I do have a, I do have a recording. We went to. Um, do you remember when? I can't want to say it was WrestleMania ten, maybe yeah, maybe ten, maybe fifteen, um, when it was in Toronto. So we we were there we were guests of Fleer, right and so we got into the um into the media event uh i forget what they were calling it and fans got into some bought tickets and so we were right next to the rink when they did the whole you know are you smelling what the rock's cooking he did his whole intro i have that somewhere saved as a clip i do i should use it on this show now just just for the fun of it but i got sick of it so i you know i don't care yeah no um and by the way the the biggest ripoff there's a there's a show coming out in February called Young Rock. It's basically oh, like, I don't even have any interest whatsoever. I, I, it's such a ripoff on Young Sheldon. Okay, and here's the re- here's the reality. Okay, we grew up in the era when Rocky Johnson, his dad, was wrestling. Yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. But no. they're trying to make a big deal out of it because it's The Rock's dad, and they're trying to push a wrestling wrestling storyline somehow on NBC because they don't have live wrestling on like they used to back in the day. You know what? Here's my my thing to NBC. Put live wrestling on. Go get AEW or somebody like that because the WWE has gone far crazy, like just soap yeah. opera storylines now. And, well, they and have, but this series, nobody nobody's going to care. Well, they have wrestling and they put it on USA. It's owned by NBC. It's owned by – so yeah. they, they just the don't – play it at Miami – he was he was there for a few yeah. years, and he was a decent football player, but you know nothing great. I mean, a lot of these guys. But for people, for people who watched wrestling back then, you know, Rocky Johnson was like, I mean, he was like, 
He wasn't he wasn't a star. He wasn't Bob no. Backlund. He wasn't Hulk Hogan. He was like on a level of Tony Atlas. Yes. Don Morocco. Yeah. You know, you know, I would occasionally win right. win a, a belt maybe in their career. I, I think Tony Atlas and him were tag team champions for about five seconds. Yeah. Maybe. That sounds about right. Yeah. So no. It, yeah. So but but that 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 I mean, please. I mean actually you, you want to laugh at something, Mike. I was watching American Pickers and it was like their first episode this year, and they went into New Jersey, and a guy had a lot of wrestling memorabilia in his garage, and he had – they kept showing pictures of Bruno San Martino, but nobody was talking about Bruno. They were talking about Dominic Danucci because apparently he lives in New Jersey, so he had a lot of autograph stuff from him. Danucci was a really good yeah, Dominic Danucci is Italian, so obviously. Um, but he was really good, Danucci, and – they showed a picture with like Bruno shaking hands with Andre the Giant, but all they mentioned was Andre the Giant and Danucci. They never mentioned Bruno, who was actually the champ during that time. But you know, I didn't even know Danucci lives in New Jersey, he's still around. He was a good wrestler too. There's a lot of yeah. wrestling guys. His his tag team partner. And you gotta remember, you gotta remember, I started watching wrestling in the Tony Gurria. That's my guess. No, no, no. SD Special Delivery. No, but that wasn't a long term. I think it was Tony Gurria and 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 uh, I I think. I think Tony Gurria's partner was like either Tito Santana or Rick Martin. Yeah, at times it was. Yeah. But we'll look it up. But anyhow. Yeah, but but no. So I mean, yeah. So I'm mean, sorry to go down. Sorry to go down the wormhole of uh, WWF wrestling, which is that's what it what, yeah. what it was. Um, Dino after, Bravo. That's it. Sorry. Dino, right. Who who died? You, <laughs> no, not, not, not not who died. Who got murdered at the hands of the mob? At the yeah, hands of the mob in Montreal. I mean, you yeah, know, what? that's you right. Dino Bravo. Oh my God, go yeah, free. Just go to his Wikipedia page and look and look at the. Uh, it's dark, man. It is really. I mean, you think that there's some other things like like uh, Chris Benoit is dark. The Dino Bravo stuff is really. All right, last wrestling moment because Michael Cohen brought it up. Yeah. So Bill Goldberg, I was walking into. Um, Brendan Who's back Burn. on wrestling again? I know, which is crazy. I was walking into it wasn't Brendan Byrne anymore, whatever they called it after Brendan Byrne, mm. um, for the 03 Stanley Cup. And I was getting yeah, was. right, and I got there a little early. And online, waiting to get into the building was Bill Goldberg. And so I went up to him and I'm like, Why are you online? He goes, I got a ticket, I'm a big fan. And he I spoke to him for a couple minutes, took his picture. He just loves the Devils. Like, he was just a big hockey fan, but he was waiting online like everybody else. Total respect to him. Total. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. I, I was, I was, uh, we've had John Shannon on the show, and mm -hmm. uh, he does a podcast with Bob McCowan, yeah. uh, well-known in, Tor in Toronto, host of Primetime Sports, and they had Keith Oberman on the show. Oh. And Oberman is a big Rangers fan yeah. and, a, and a big Vancouver Canucks fan, too, which is oh, weird. I didn't know that. Um, and – he went to the 94 Stanley Cup final and took a couple baseball player friends of his to the uh, to to the to one of the games. One of them was Wally Joyner, who played for, Joyner, who played nice. for Kansas City in the yeah, he was a great player. Great, great first baseman. Power could field, yeah. Apparently, apparently Joyner was from uh, was from Atlanta, from Georgia. And it's weird. The reason he got into hockey is because he lived next door to the guy who who uh, won the contest to name the Atlanta Flames. Wow! And the guy, his prize for winning the you know winning the contest and naming the team was lifetime tickets to, oh, to the Atlanta. So he gave tickets to his neighbor while he you know his neighbor's kids while he. Right. And he became a big hockey fan. And the question the that lifetime tickets didn't last as long as he thought they would. Well, that was the thing. The question that they asked and they couldn't answer. And, and Oberman says he's going to check with Wally Joyner is when they left, did they give him tickets to even though it was Calgary? Yeah, right. Or right. or did the or did the when the Thrashers came back, did the Thrashers give them like probably not? But it's it, it's interesting to it's interesting to. I would have said them. instead of the tickets, give me a Tom Lysiak autographed jersey. I'd have been happy. Eric Vale. I like Lysiak better. Well, he's good as Chicago. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so there are a bunch of games tonight, um, but I want to talk about this first. And if we, if people have any questions in the chat uh, about anything, sure, uh, questions. Um, two more COVID positives 
with the Chicago Blackhawks, Debrinket and Adam Boquist. Um, there just seems to be a concentration of teams in that central division. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it is literally yeah. COVID central, like it really is right now. Yeah, I, I I joke that they should they should re, they, they should rename the uh, uh, the the sponsorship for the central division to Pfizer or Moderna because, yeah. but I mean, soon Johnson and Johnson and Johnson and Johnson too, but. You have to say, I mean, the observation here is that division, look where the teams are located. Florida, Texas, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee, or yeah, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all in, they're all in states that are where COVID is, is, COVID is running rampant and, and they're also treating it differently than other states. So, I mean, that is a contributing factor. And the question is, in that particular division, it may not they may not end up playing 56 games because there's just too many right. games. No, I could see that happening. The big thing here is I know everybody always wants to blame the players, but you have to remember they have family members and they live with family members and they have a lot of contact with a lot of other people. And so, like, the six degrees of, like, somebody getting COVID is not as simple as maybe a player going out to a club or even going indoors to a restaurant. It's a lot more complicated than that sometimes. So we have to keep that in mind too. Now get this. Talk about talk about a strange uh, optic. Um, the, the mayor of Glendale, Arizona, uh, wrote an open letter to Major League Baseball to request that they delay the start of spring training in Maricopa County where I think four or six teams yeah, there's a lot of teams. Training. Because of the high COVID infection rate. They won't do it. Major League Baseball won't do it. They won't do it. But the funny thing is, and Jeff Passan points this out, the most interesting part is that the Coyotes and the San Jose Sharks are playing games right. there, and the Coyotes are playing in front of fans. I know. It's a tough call to ask them to do that, and then you can't touch the other sport. Like You do have to be fair all around the bases. How about this? The mayor should worry about – the Diamondbacks actually staying in the state because I think they're going to be out in a couple of years because they're trying to get out with the stadium with all these. They're, they're saying they're, they have all kinds of problems with the stadium and they want to leave. So I think worry about keeping your teams there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Major League Baseball would give the thumbs up to moving out of Arizona, moving out of Phoenix because it's a massive media, massive TV market. Yeah. I mean, they'll they'll do they'll do what they normally do. They'll put they'll apply pressure to get you know upgrades to the stadium or this or that and whatever. But yeah, I can't see it happening. But stranger things have happened. So yeah, um, okay, let's see here. Some questions here. Zach, you know, won't be in. Well, I, I, it could be a, a slight issue. You know how we always used to hear about the uh, the parking with the Coyotes, but they are going to have some fans, so they will get some parking revenue. Okay, so Zach in the chat says, so so X-Blog the other day was about the deal and division predictions. So far into the season, from what you've seen, if you had to redo, who would you change and why? Also, which team fires their coach first? Okay, so I would redo the Vancouver Canucks, and I would say they're not going to make it. And and that's simply because of the Jekyll and Hyde nature of their play. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll do something. I don't know, but – they have not impressed me. I was on the edge that day, and I just I went with it. But I never liked their defense. I've been killing it the whole year. Um, I would take that one back. Well, I, the, the the easily the one that I would take back because it was a it was a massive mis uh, misconception on my part, and I, I should have known better because they won me my playoff hockey pool last year. Was the Dallas Stars. I was considering the fact that Sagan was hurt, that um, you know they had a few other key injuries, and that you know the COVID situation with them was going to knock them. And I said they were going to finish in like seventh or eighth place, and they come out after like two weeks, uh, and they you know they got healthy, they had chance to you know skate and tr- and have a like a training camp. And they come out and they fin- they start two and zero. Now they started two and zero against. I think b- both games were against Nashville. So right. you have to you have to put factor that in with a with a grain of salt because I don't think Nashville is that particularly that good. Yeah, good. But 
but but still, you know, the fact I mean Pavelski is continuing what he did in the playoffs. I think he's in two games. Yeah, I mean he's going nuts and Rupa Hintz is doing well. So, you know, if they can survive and I have no idea when Sagan is coming good to back. see at least Dallas has one team that's good at sports. Well, they have two. I mean the, the Mavericks are good, but certainly the Cowboys are not. Yeah, no. And you know, they're the other the other thing is oh, I'm gonna coach. switch now for the coach and I'm gonna go David Quinn because if they go another week without winning, I think that seat could get very hot very fast. Yeah. Well, thing is if he hadn't gotten a two game ex- a two year extension. I don't care about that. Dolan has plenty of money. No, 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 no. Not that. I was saying oh, okay. Colleton in, in Chicago. Oh, Charlie Colleton, yeah. He got a he got a two game a two game, I keep saying two year extension. And I think that's I think the same as Blashell. Like they're not expecting much. Right. And then that's the whole thing. I mean, Blashell won't get fired until the end of the year right. because they because they know they suck. And 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 so does Chicago, and without Taves, and with Seabrook on the LTIR, and now you know with the with with the Brinkett and Boquist. I mean, if Suter's yeah. really good, he'll show it now because he had the one hat trick. But you know, yeah. But uh, I mean, they're de- they're decimated, and with Colin Delia and um, and Malcolm Subban as as their goaltending tandem. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't know how. We'll answer questions. Is that? I was telling the chat room, go ahead and ask questions and we'll answer. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We'll throw throw them in. Okay, let's see what we got here. Um, hoping Eisenman hires Lane Lambert next season. Um could do worse. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, uh Rocky Thompson is another um I know he's an assistant right now, some but Rocky some Thompson's a good name, actually. Yeah. Now, okay. I don't know anything about this goaltender, but I, I just looked up the Blackhawks. Um, they've started Kevin Lankinen three games. Yeah, I saw that actually. Delia is two. Malcolm Subban is one. I don't know if Subban was hurt or sick, but uh, Lankinen is a he's a Finn, twenty five years old, a free agent. Um, last he's played. Okay, so he played in the SM Liga for five years. Um, played in the AHL and the ECHL in 2019. The AHL last year, pedestrian stats, 303 ER, 303 ERA, 303 goals against average in baseball mode, 8-10-2 record. So, you know, not great. And now he's 2-0-1 with a 2.63 goals against. So, we'll yeah, he's, I mean, stranger things have happened, but, yeah, well, just to kind of answer, like Funky's talking a little wings, I have to say, I don't think the um, Jonathan Bernier's lost his stuff, man. That's all I can say. He looks horrible. Jonathan Bernier hasn't been good since he was with Anaheim. I know, but it's just like, it's he's at, a, the, point, it's at he's, the point now why I wonder they even play him other than the fact that they want to lose. Or they have nobody else. Yeah, I mean they can't they can't play you know they, they can't be like Ack and want to play Thomas Grice every game. Right. So um, okay, Zach has a question here. Surprise! Oh wait, sorry, sorry, there, Michael. You, you you don't deserve a question to be asked. Oh, wow. Surprise player of the season. Any draft updates for the 2020-21 draft? Too early. Well, the the only thing I'll just I'll just say this because. We heard about it from Elliot Friedman, and I it took me aback a little bit. Uh, was the was this idea of a split draft, right? And I mean, they're ta- you know talked about the draft being next December instead of in the summer. Um, that they would have two separate drafts, one for the eighteen-year-olds and one for the nineteen-year-old. I mean, just like bizarre stuff, Russ. I was talking to the guys. We had a call the other day for elite prospects because they're going to come out with the, our combined ranking soon and i did float the 18 year old draft for the first two rounds and the rest 19 and then make it 19 from that point forward from this you know for the rest of to the end of time and most like that actually and i do think that is a fair way to go you know i think then it does get rid of the gap that we're having now and not seeing guys but okay i'm going to ask the chat room i have a list of my top 14 and so you could choose 
to hear numbers three to seven or nine to 14. That's your choice. Because you probably know who I'm going with number one, and I'm not giving away the rest right this moment. Three to seven. No, but have the people in the chat room, I don't care about you. Oh, screw them. Three to seven. Yeah, the hoodie's good. I mean, you know, that logo's awesome. <coughs> it's a great logo. Three to seven. There you go. Three to seven. All right. Yep. Zach's good. We'll go with that. All right. At number seven, William Eklund. Eklund's namesake. Now, he could be higher on some. He he is playing again overseas. He missed the World Juniors. Right. I still need to see more of him, but he's got a lot of dangle and he's got good speed. All right. Number six, Kent Johnson, currently playing at Michigan. Really good. You know how these they're the understated guys who do everything, Mike, and you just you take these guys for granted because they're very cool under pressure. They go down the ice. They can make that really good pass. They get it to the next guy. They could score. You know, you get it to him. You could score in the slot. Right. Not a lot of fanfare, but a really good player. So I have I have him there. He's part of that Michigan Super Team. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, if you're right about that, then three Michigan players are being drafted in the top six picks. It's very possible. But remember, Berniers really should have been with Harvard. Sure. And so, you know, but anyhow, Dylan Gunther, who plays in the WHL, big guy, great shot, needs to round out his game. But I think um, I think he will do that. Uh, there's a lot there to like, and he does play some defense too. Matty Berniers at four, uh, I, there's a lot to like it. And he could go higher. But right now, I, I want to watch more of his season because the one thing about Matty Bernier is he's, he's got the slashing skating, which is great, like a running back that you, you know, almost like Thurman Thomas, you know, he would make those cuts and you can't. He does that on the icing. You saw him going around two or three guys at the World Juniors with not much trouble, but he has a little finishing problem. I don't think he finishes as much as we'd like him to yet, but he's also young. So I'm going to say Bernier's there. And number three, Luke Hughes, the, uh, the third Hughes brother. And I did say on that call that he is not Jared Stahl. He is much better than that. <laughs> I had to say that. Yeah. Like, let me just make that clear. But he's a defenseman. That's Jared Stahl. Jared yeah. Stahl. He's a defenseman. He's going to be taller than all the other Hugheses. Uh, he's really good up the ice. He gets up the ice quick. He's got really good vision. He is putting up points with the uh, NTDP. I think he is going to Michigan as well because all the Hughes went to Michigan. Right. And, you know, I that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Um, let's see here. Any more questions? Is is Gunther related to the Habs prospect? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about off yeah. the top of my head. It's G-U-E-N-T-H-E-R. Not sure. Okay. Gunther Rock. Elite prospects. There you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll we'll take some more questions tomorrow. Uh, we yep. should have Mac back. Um, we're gonna probably you know, a lot of games tonight in the NHL. Um, I believe it's. Well, let's see here. I'll just look it up here since. One last thing. So you know, Funky is like, hope he doesn't lose his helmet like Thurman Thomas. Remember, Thurman Thomas lost his um his statue. It ended up in Toronto. Remember that, Mike? It got across the border. Hmm. Well. That can't happen. What do anymore. you do if you are stuck? That can't happen anymore. Sorry, ESPN with their little uh, video things always pop up. Okay, so tonight we have uh, Maple Leafs and Flames. Um, yeah, I'm going to read you the story real quick. It's a wooden statue, thousand pound wooden statue of legendary NFL star Thurman Thomas, just been found. Uh, was stolen on the perch of Buffalo Bills Stadium. This is a TMZ report. And where I'm pretty sure it ended up. Uh, where did well, this it? had to be when the Bills were playing games in in Toronto. This was 2009. Yeah, they were. I think they were playing games in Toronto at that point. Yeah, it was in Canada. Now we're told the Canadian has contacted the owner of the statue to arrange the carving safe return. So yeah, it's a pretty awesome story. Yeah. So okay, uh, Leafs Flames tonight at nine o'clock. We have Penguins Bruins. Uh, Rangers, Sabers, uh, teams. The teams at the bottom of that East Division. Rangers are one, three, and one. Sabers are two, three, and one. Um, Flyers and Devils. That's a good matchup. Uh, yeah, I'll be watching that one. Yeah, I'll be watching it as well. Austin should be playing. Uh, Sam Moran's probably going to play in the next two days. They're going to probably try uh, that. Defense are up front. 
I think it's up front. Okay. On the fourth um, line. The NBCSN game, while it's still there, is the Islanders and the Capitals. Uh, the Capitals. <laughs> I'll tune into that. Yes. Uh, we have Panthers, Blue Jackets, which, you know, one team is 2-2-2 two, two and two, and the other team is 2-0. and oh. um, Blackhawks and Predators, Oilers and Jets, King and Wild, Kings and Wild, Red Wings, Stars. Wow. There's, I think every team is playing today except yeah, I'll, I'll tune into a couple different games for sure. Um, but I'll be mainly watching the Flyers one. And you said the Rangers are playing, right? Yeah, Sabres. Yeah. yeah, I'll watch a little of that, the Rangers, Sabres. And those will be the two I watch early on. Yeah. Uh, just to finish off, uh, Red Wing Stars, Sharks, Avalanche, Ducks, Coyotes, and Blues and Golden Knights are the late, one of the late games. And, you know, Golden Knights have only lost one game in the Blues. That's that's the I believe that's the first match between Alex Petrangelo and his former club. And there was a there was a Greg Wyshynski, uh piece on ESPN where – Basically making it sound like Alex Petrangelo is not very, you know, he's not very happy with the way things worked out in St. Louis. I think ideally he wanted to stay there, but the organization wasn't willing to be flexible. Right. And now, you know, like now he's ready to move on. Stanley Cup. I mean, he won a Stanley Cup and he made a lot of money, but I think he wanted to stay there. Uh, and now he's he's in Vegas. Eight wings, nothing. Uh, that's not impossible. What, what did he say? I'm sorry? Funky is saying stars eight wings nothing. Possible, anything is possible. possible. I wouldn't just give the Flyers the win with Wedgwood in there because Wedgwood is a decent goalie for one. And right now the Devils are hot. I know it's it's not Blackwood, but the Devil, the Flyers defense needs a, a lot of improvement for them to win that game. Yeah. All right. Uh, good show. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks. And I'm Mike Mike. Hershey. We'll see. Huh? Somebody asked the question. Just keep going. So. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey.